fire up. A proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawani with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. It's just rubbing salt into the worm. You can see the head crash there. Oh, very nasty. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the burst. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Dead. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale. As they fire up. And I do apologise for those of a sensitive nature that might think that rugby league is all about violence. In a week when a man had his jaw broken and lost his tooth on the ground, they had to send out an emu bob or an emu walk to find the tooth on the ground. It is not all about that. It's about other stuff. And our special guest today is Rick Grossman, who, of course, is not the first time you've been on fire. Oh, that's right. Uh, I've been uh, anxiously looking forward to coming back. Anxiously looking forward. Um, and it's really made me miss the moose hearing that. Mm. Yes. I love the moose. Yes, yes. What a I voice. I love the moose. Met, met the moose once and... Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. One of my favourite rugby league books, The Moose That Roared. <laughs> <laughs> See, poetry in motion. Rick, have you ever written a book? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I think one's in order. Well, there were... Uh, fractured fairy tales, according to Rick yeah, Grossman. Yeah, 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 extremely fractured. Can I just say by introduction that, that uh, those that need uh, a little bit more information, Rick is not once but a twice... Aria, Hall of Famer. And we, I, by my reckoning, only Barnsley has done the same thing. No, there's actually five of us. Go on, tell me. Okay. <laughs> so there's Jimmy Barnes. Yes. There's Glenn Shorrock. Of course. There's Ross Wilson. Uh-huh. And the two blue-collar workers of the music industry, myself and Gary Young, the faceless, the faceless blue-collar yeah, workers. At the, both. at the car face, digging the... Digging That's the, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So and we actually had some photos together, he and I. He's a fantastic drummer from Daddy Cool, Joe right. Josette. Fantastic. Mm. And yours, of course, were for the Divinals and the Hooter Gurus. Mm. Now, the, the Hooter Gurus, of course, inextricably linked with rugby league. How many... First of all, how many appearances have you made at the footy as, with the band? Oh, um, must be... Must be about at least half a dozen. Yeah. I've done a, a couple of State of Origins, a yeah. couple of Grand Finals. I sat through a State of Origin with Dave Faulkner next to me in the crowd. <laughs> Nobody left him alone, of course. Of course. Hardly watched the game. So, yeah. 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 Royalty. He would have been yelling at the referee. <laughs> yeah, probably. He's got a funny relationship with rugby league, hasn't he? he yeah, he goes in and out of it. Yes, know, he, he gets does. very frustrated by the uh, referee. And in, the the, detail. in this weird world now where, of course, the Sharks are being done over after expecting to do well, and we have... Hang on, can I just say it's three rounds in? <laughs> yes, I and, know. And I support Andrew Webster's plea to give the Tigers some time. But anyway, I think you should give the Sharks <laughs> some leverage. Right, and uh, what about uh, Melbourne Storm? I give them no, no, no leverage at all. Parramatta, they can just go down the sinkholes. Right? Exactly. Now, Rick, this is where we come to the, rep- the repeated refrain, the, the, the situation you're in where you're a South Sydney supporter yes. and a Queensland yes. supporter. Tell us about that. Explain it. Well, I've been a South, South supporter since I was eight years old. Yep. We used to wait for the uh, garbage trucks to come uh, because they're all the South Sydney pack who are my garbos. <laughs> uh, See, that's a, that's awesome. a different world, isn't it? Uh, people like, I think, Paul Sate and Gary, uh, Jim Pogo Morgan, John O'Neill. Wow. Um, but the Queensland thing was uh, a lot later, obviously. It, uh, uh, my family lived in Queensland. Right. Uh, they moved up there in the 70s. I always loved Queensland. But... Um, uh, 
at the beginning of the 80s, I was away with the Divinals. I wasn't really thinking about football all that much. Mm. And I'd come back to Sydney and my cousin said, you've got to come and see this state of origin. Mm. So we got very stoned. <laughs> and went out to the Sydney cricket ground. And um, I'd actually heard a little bit about Wally Lewis. Uh, but this one game, Wally was quiet for the first half of the game. And it was like halfway through the game, he kind of just got the shits, you know, and just said, give me the ball. Yeah. And uh, scored this magnificent try. And the, the, the crowd were chanting, Wally's a wanker. And Wally scored this try and the whole crowd went quiet. Yeah. And he turned around to the main stand, put his finger up yeah. at, the, at the crowd, and I fell in love with him. And um, I just thought, this guy's amazing. And so I started following them and uh, then I became... Uh, later on, I became <coughs> very friendly with a, a great man called Chris Choppy Close. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and uh, Chris organised for me to have the ultimate experience, maybe seven years. For seven years, I used to go to the games with him. Yeah. To the Origin. Where would you sit? On the bench. I thought you did too. On the bench. Fantastic. Man. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I'd go to the team talks. Yeah. Amazing. Having been somebody who has played now, I think, eight years of grand final music uh, from start to finish, you know, from the open of the closing gates, I always wanted to be down on the ground, but unfortunately you can't get the right angle all the time to see exactly what's happening. You see need to nothing. be higher. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I'd love to be there for the excitement. But it's so exciting. Mm. And just seeing the way they rotate the players. and We put on our socials a picture of you and the King, actually, in the lead up to this episode. The King, mate. Yeah. So the King, I, uh, I was in the dressing room with Choppy and... I said, it's the king. He said, don't you know the king? I said, oh, no, I can't, I can't just go up and talk to the king, you know. <laughs> and he said, uh, I'll introduce you. And uh, I got introduced. And Choffy said to me, if he brushes you, don't take it personally. Right? So I, the king had a reputation of being quite sort of cold at the, at the time. Yes. And he, I got introduced to him and he said, hmm, who do gurus? I put, a bit of, I put a bit of money into your career. There you, go. there you go. And then we became friends. And yeah, uh, yeah I, 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 you know, see, see him. He came to our guru's gig yes. just recently. Even though you're, you're a worker dude or worker bee yes. in, the, in the industry, yes. so to speak, uh, it opens doors, obviously, being in both those particular bands. Opens doors to yeah. where? <laughs> to, well, that's what I'm curious about, you know. Who, who, who have you met that you may not have met had you not been in, you know, r- you know very well known bands? Oh. You mentioned Barry Humphreys to us earlier. Oh yeah, no, that was. How did that was, happen? Well, I've met Another Barry club. through a friend, but that's that, that's not, not that's nothing to do with with, no. with that. But um, Metallica. Well, he's a. Uh, he, we were doing the big day out with them, and, right. and um, he he likes the same sort of things. I, James, uh, you know, occasionally you meet people. Well, yeah, I mean, in the music industry. You know, we all kind of mix and Mixing, meet, and, yeah. and sometimes you meet someone you kind of get on incredibly well, and and sometimes you don't. But um, the um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the, uh, the Wally Lewis thing. I, I just wanted to say, you know, I was doing, I was doing a um, an interview a few years ago. We were doing a thing for for a new album, and Rolling Stone were doing uh, an article on the band, and they were inter- inter- interviewing us all individually. And uh, I can't remember who the journo was now, but sort of rock and roll journo. was asking me questions, you know, about stuff. And he said, so, out of, in your life, who's the most incredible person you've met? You know, where, when were you the most nervous and intimidated? And I said, well, I sat in a room with Mick Jagger, but I was much more nervous meeting Wally Lewis. You're quite right. And the look of disappointment <laughs> on this journalist's face... <laughs> <laughs> so like, I said, yeah, well, that's and, and that's true even today, you know, around footy. I, I'm in awe of them, you know. I, yeah. I'm in awe of like those games on the weekend in that heat yeah. and the fitness that they, those guys must have. Yeah. I mean, just, it's getting I'm faster and harder, isn't oh, it, you know? And, you know, with us, with yeah. the Huda Gurus, I've got to tell you, I go swimming five days a week now because I have to have a certain amount of stamina yeah, to, to be get, able to play. Yeah, and you know? no, nothing like football. <laughs> Nothing like, well, someone's not trying to take my head off no. on stage, you know, <laughs> while we're playing. Well, sometimes that. Talk about yeah. your head. Um, <laughs> we, we've often noticed recently the power of the red mist or, or, the, or the, the negatives of the red mist that comes down, the anger. You, you would have come out of, I, I guess, if I'm correct, punk rock to some degree, the late 70s. Were you an angry man then? <laughs> Did that fire you up? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing when you look back. Uh, sometimes some of your, the stuff that you said and... 
I was in a band in in the early uh, in 1980 called Matt Finish. Yes, yes. And we were we were like the baby Midnight Oil with our stance, you know, angry and multi you know, multinational record companies, and you know we're not yeah, going on yeah. television, and you know. North, Northern Beaches band was Matt Finish. Yep. Well, yeah, Matt was from yep. Manly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Great band, but um, I mean now you look short, back on short that. Short note, right? That yeah. Was the song. yeah, yeah. Red mist. The yeah, there was a bit of a red mist there, and yeah. and, and it was a time, and and uh, I mean I I'll tell you a little thing. I, I was in a hotel. That band got so intense with the drugs and the the angst and yes. the anger and the red mist, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of a lot of weird stuff happening. That I was I was reading a book called Dispatches. Dispatches is about the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. and I was in a hotel room. I'd been reading that and. There was a thing in there about American soldiers shooting themselves in the foot to be able to get sent home. Jeez. And I'm in Ballina in this motel and I think, if I smash my hand with a hammer now, <laughs> I could go home. You really wanted that, <laughs> did you? Oh, mate. So tell me about the, the, the game the other night, of course, the great, the great <laughs> replay of last year's two great games in a row. Yes. You're a South supporter. Yes. The initial game, the, the Roosters really put it on Luttrell and really embarrassed you out of the game to get into the finals to play the final Seven send-offs in that last game that you put put the foot on the, on the neck of, of the Roosters. And then the other night, everyone's waiting for it to blow up, which, of course, nearly did around nearly about did, seven or eight yeah. minutes towards the finish when the Red Mist just sent 77th minute. We had, to, we had to sit through 77 minutes okay. before we got the stink right. on. And this, of course, is the new Allianz, so it's, it's, it's a whole new tradition, ritual. Sorry, Stephen. Through its true name, Trellions. Trellions, right. Trellions. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. And so were you, you were watching the game? I did. Yes. yes. Were you at the game? No. No. Have you been to Allianz? Uh, no, I go to the, uh, I go swimming there, but I haven't been into a game there. It's a great venue. Mm. Great yes. venue I will, for I will go. Yeah. I, as a taller man, I, uh, I, and I know someone heavily involved in venues New South Wales, there's not enough leg room. Is that right? Like they put all that money in, <laughs> and my knees are up against the seat in front of me, and right now that's a very sensitive topic mm. for me, so I just want to... Mm. Have a bit of a grumble about that. I was frustrated by that game. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and Cody Walker, does he... Ha- was he playing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, he did run in from a long distance when there was a bit of an, an issue. You see, this is the frustrating... That guy, I mean, is just such a special player. He's such a special player when he decides to really get involved. I didn't really see him all that involved yeah. the other night. Yeah, I think you're probably right there. I was like, well, why hadn't they given the ball to him? Why, you know, the only one... Uh, so I'm having a mental block. Who's their centre? Great centre. Campbell Graham. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I don't know. I think their halfback too had a bit of a shocker. South half. Oh, Ilias. Yeah, yeah well, he... he, he Roared out of the blocks against the Sharks. He was mm. the player of the match, but mm. uh, he's put under pressure. But it was yes. a, it was another Robbo masterstroke, wasn't it? That he brought um, JWH and, as we now refer to him, the Rhode Island Gouda, <laughs> Brandon Smith. Yeah, Brandon Smith yeah. came off the bench in twenty five minutes and injected. Not himself. Camembert, oh. Gouda. Yeah. Gouda, yeah. Yeah, 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 Gouda. He went hectic. Well, he said the only reason he was out there because he had a record amount of anti-inflammatories on. I wonder what that is. How much is a record amount? The Voltaren index would be interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, and and, and what's, what's what's the what's the after effects? You know, what's he like? Like two, three hours later, down at uh, you know the Chief Hotel or whatever. Well, the concern we have, Rick, is that the there are, we've actually identified that the modern coach is not a coach; they're a wellness guru, and they have to have a more all-encompassing thing. And the red mist has come up a bit, and we're concerned that. It's the likes of Cleary and Robbo who've cornered the market illegally, probably through the deep, the a synth- dark web. A synthetic red mist. Yeah, so that um, JWH and, and uh, Brandon Smith come on and they've got these slow-release patches of red mist. Right. That they just play in this barely-controlled rage, and it's working <laughs> It's working so well for JWH. He actually was the peacemaker during that melee with yes, Manu yes, and, he was, yes. and the like. He's doing funny things to his system, Chris. Yeah, whereas Robbo can sort of surgically sort of target yeah. Cody Walker, and the next yeah. thing you know he's pushing mm. Sam Walker in the back, and well, it's chaos. Where does paint, um, um, Haas fit into all of this? I mean, everyone waiting for him to unleash the beast as they keep saying well, he doesn't need that stuff does he well he, I think he unleashed something in the last 10 minutes against your mob oh, I know tell me about I was, I was working a job and I would check every 10 minutes I go 8 in all great you know 10 <laughs> minutes to go we're doing really well 
lo and behold, an hour later, I went, oh, my God, 40 points. Where did that come from? Payne Haas came on and then offloaded a few times and done and dusted. Now, maybe we need a note to bring back the old, you know, the old 10-minute softening up period. The yeah, the traditional the softening up period. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, there's, there's some. But anything goes for the first ten minutes, and then it's. I don't know. There's some up. sort of modern talk about HIAs and concussions that's getting yeah, in the way, unfortunately. I know. I know Spud Carroll quite well. I've been talking. About he's he's taking this very emotionally at the moment. Spud. He has, yeah. He's a great man, though. He's a lovely. Absolutely man. loves Spud. Yeah. I hate him. Really? No, I don't know him. He's a great bloke. <laughs> he's a great bloke. He's a great bloke. Rick, your your song um, "What's My Scene, That's My Team" uh, became pretty pretty much outside of Tina Turner, the the rugby league anthem. What would you recommend of a song that's in existence right now? I know this is putting you on the spot. Can you think of another song that may come close to sort of being reworked into a, an anthem of that level of, of that ilk? I mean, I would have thought, for example, um, yeah, you could look at Chisel songs, but they're not very high powered. Maybe a few are, but. Um, no, no, I can't think of anything. Don't change else, in excess. <laughs> no, is there anything out there? Uh, well, you nothing. can't. You have to avoid hunters and collectors, haven't you? You can't go near hunters and collectors because they're, they're they're AFL. Yes, of course. We don't. Um, uh, oh, I don't know. Man. Yeah, they're a Melbourne band. You're right. It has to be a Sydney band. The oils wouldn't wouldn't cop it. Well, I think there's a bit of a personality crisis in the marketing of the game at the moment because they've sort of gone away from that strong theme tune because the comparisons are never really made to yeah. the Gurus and Tina Turner. Yeah. And then this year, the players weren't involved because of the... The, the in- disputes. Quasi-industrial yeah, disputes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's going on there, you know, with the music? I mean, all of a sudden, everyone who's organising anything with the NRL is suddenly a, a, like a hip-hop rap fan. Yes. I mean, what's going on? I, I don't quite understand that. And how does that work for you? Not very well. Not really. No, I, no. What my th- theory is... <laughs> or- I, I, can I just say this before I forget? The best thing I have seen, the best thing uh, was at the uh, Super Bowl the, uh, this year. Did we, you, wow. The best, uh, the anthem, the, uh, uh, you know, the Star Spangled Banner. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sensational. Uh, I thought that was sensational. Understated. And what about Rihanna. Um, The trouble is is Everyone in marketing these days goes We want to appear hip and contemporary We'll do a hip hop They did a 50th anniversary of hip hop at the Grammys I don't think people have quite worked out That it's actually that old (laughs) So they go I know we'll do hip hop That's contemporary Yeah right (laughs) Rick uh, we'll just take a break And come back here This is Fire Up Rick Grossman um, You know Double Aria Hall of Famer. You Blue know. collar worker. Blue collar worker. <laughs> Man of the people. Keeps the machine moving along, you know. South supporter and Queensland supporter. Make of that what you will. Back in just a moment. I'm not a fan of rugby league, but I love fire up. Confused by the CBA? Uncertain about the RLPA? Then F you and tune in to fire up. What a funny old world, Chris, when you've got the brand new team, the Dolphins, and uh, I have been watching more of that television show, Dawn of the Dolphins, and I know, Rick, you've got a problem with the people waggling their hands on top of their heads. Yeah, it doesn't look good to doesn't me. doesn't work for you. You want the fins down, not the up? fins down, mate. Wayne has obviously kept his enigma status Fists. intact, <laughs> uh, but gee whiz, it's blokey. Uh, have I said that before? Uh, it's quintessential Queensland, in my view. Quintessential It's yeah. very straightforward, Be honest. Be careful what you say. Not f- no frills, <laughs> and successful. Simple and straight. That's right. right, right. That's right. Sometimes a bit taciturn, a little bit restricted you know not, not, not emotional guys are they you know the, the best part of the second episode and episode three screened last night so I haven't seen it but they they agonised over the colours and what the gold yeah. would look like yeah. in the jumper how gold would it be and it yeah. came out the vanilla coke yeah. and so they <laughs> so they launched the jersey and then they put up on the screen all the negative tweets yeah. and then they said in the first day we sold $40,000 worth of merchandise Queensland triumph. Done, done, Total done. triumph. Uh, and we'll talk about this, this, this game on the weekend, of course, is Brisbane versus uh, Redcliffe Dolphins. And whose house? We'll talk about that in just a minute. Well, and, and is it the Battle of Brisbane or is it the Riverside Rumble or is it something else? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, take it away, Chris. So if we look backwards, Stephen, and I don't think any of us really want to look back to last round. We already have with Rick with the South going down to the Roosters and, of course, not much joy for my Tigers, but... And how much joy did the Dragons get? Uh, well, if, if they want to reduce fatigue in the game yeah. and keep players safe... 70 minutes. Make it 70 it? minutes. Yeah. You would have gone to golden point. Exactly. And then that would have done us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
40 you, points. I don't know how it was but possible. You, you want to look a number of years back, don't you? Um, well, well, what I wanted to reflect on was the success at the moment of the cerebrally led Manly Ringer Seagulls with Anthony Seabold, right? Yes. And he's he's tapped into a rich Manly tradition that was yes. on evidence at Four Pines Park last Thursday Is it night. iPads all around? Well, I actually... I, I actually think with Seabold you get the Google glasses, right? Yes, right so the, the players are twenty four seven. I thought they trashed those. Fed, you know, strategies and plays and X and O's. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to go old school, and Seabold's been smart to continue a manly tradition. Now, if you were watching Manly get up over the eels in a um, tri fest at Four Pines last Thursday, four players representing the Maroon and White, being Josh Schuster, Josh Aloe, or Ashay Alayas. Peter Valani's once referred to him. Yeah. Hamali Alakawatu and Sean Kepi, you would think that they've come from um, your old hood, the Northern Beaches or something. No, no, they're from Parramatta. All from Parramatta. They're all from Parramatta. Isn't, isn't that an old story, Chris? Pinching? One team pinches from another team? Well, Manly used to make a pass art. They certainly um, pillaged the old South Sydney team back in the day That's in the Western exactly right. suburbs. Yeah. But Not forgotten. Here's an here's a, a expression that I've trademarked. Rugby league is a war for talent, right? You, t- you trade back that. I have. Jesus, I'm being and, careful. And there might be a bit of a paucity because the, the lifestyle on the northern beaches, it's yeah. very relaxed. It probably doesn't um, require the physicality and the challenge that the modern rugby league yeah. player has, where things are pretty grim out west, Parramatta, right? Yeah. So what... what Though, now? of course, all the money's been poured in there, into the west. We know that. Powerhouse, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. You know, light rails, et cetera. But that's yet to bear fruit, Chris. We'll see what happens on Saturday. Yeah. But what's happened is Manly have commissioned a 22-seat minibus... <laughs> And they have rated Parramatta's junior ranks in recent seasons. Hang on a second, Chris. When I, when I look around the sort of the poor end of town, well, you know, down at Redfern Way, there's buses taking you up to the, the league club, sometimes the Bondi Junction one, the Roosters yeah. one. The courtesy bus. Yeah, the courtesy bus. They take you to the bowling club, to the local, whatever it is where the pokey machines reside, correct? Right. Now, this what bus which runs from Sydney's west of the Narrabeen ostensibly is to transport players that have signed for Manly, ah. right? But I think we've looked a little bit more deeply into this, Stephen, and it's a little bit more insidious than you'd imagine. Is that right? Yes. So the bus makes three strategic top stops in Sydney's west, usually around the Rooty Hill and Fairfield That's areas. That's getting very close to Penrith, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, it actually has a proximity detector Does because it? they know that the Kardashians, i.e. the Clearies, yes. will torpedo Take any bus. action. Like, like a yeah. Chinese balloon or something like, like that. Tires shot out, that sort of thing. <laughs> absolutely oh. shredded. You know, the Penrith border, they've got the nails up, etc., etc. So they're very strategic about going through the Parramatta region only. Yep. They pick pick rising stars and future seagulls. For How eight, young are these kids they're talking about? Well, from the under-14s, Steve. Under-14s. Under so under any, any age under-14s, yeah. is it legal? Uh, well, that's debatable. <laughs> that, I mean, in the code? But you'd be unsurprised to hear that it's a Fulton-led initiative. In this case, Scott Fulton, son right, of the great right. Bobby, no longer with us. Yeah, there's the Brains Trust. Fulton says we've nabbed some champions. I mean, he's straight out nabbed said some we've nabbed some champions. Yeah. Well, so they're poaching. Right. They're going out in the jungle, right, out the west, and they're poaching talent, Chris. And he says the bus has given us the opportunity to get the play to training because we know how much it costs to run them around these days, right? Yes, yes. Now, you think we might be being humorous about the nabbing, but in fact, we've got <laughs> audio, exclusive audio, yeah. of exactly how things happen when the Manly bus is in Parramatta. Children, where are you? I know you're here somewhere. Lots of lovely goodies for you. Jeremy Watson! Lollipops! And all free today! Now, Chris, I'm imagining, are there sort of lo- lolly bags? You heard it, treacle tarts. Yeah, this is like Mr. Whippy, right? Different flavours of yeah, ice cream. Yeah. So the unsuspecting Parramatta kitties are attracted to this manly yeah, yeah. Is there a video in the bus? Well, what you see is there are life-size cutouts of the Trebojeviches. Yes. So it looks like a welcoming oh. environment. Yeah. It's a, it says a Peter Peters with the uh, brown paper bag. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, um, sort of, you know, Graham Eady, yeah, yeah. Ken Irvine, yeah. these great players of the past. Yeah. And the person at the front of the band, and I don't want to um, actually pin this on Lorna Tonga, but Lorna has been driving the bus for several years. Right. And someone, maybe Lorna says, come to Manly because you're going to get the following treatment. And this is where I think the video screen comes into play. That's right. I do remember uh, there was an aquarium of sorts. 
The old aquarium. Do you remember on the- that's Rick? <laughs> yeah. And I think there was some sort of fun pier. There was yes. a fun pier. Yes. And in fact, the original aquarium was just an open pool where the grey nurses and the wobbygongs and the stingrays yeah. were all piled on top that's of right. each other. Yes. They had yeah. laughing clowns. Yes. Yes. There was all that attraction of the seaside Not, resort. Of course. You've got the ocean and you've got the harbour. You've got the hydrofoil. They were promised hydrofoil, the right? <laughs> so these kids are thinking fun Dude, pier. Beauty. Aquarium, hydrofoil. In other words, they're being sold a vision. Lollies of, and ice cream. They're being sold a vision of Manly in the 70s. What's it now, Chris? The faceless Corso, right? Is, is it Hugo's? Is Hugo still there? Or is, Maryvale's got to be there, surely. So we've attracted the kids. It is. It's all those boutique restaurants yeah, now, right? So they've attracted them to... Somebody once said the hemisphication of Sydney. That's right. You can't, yeah, you, you can't get a kebab there, can you? No, I mean, no, kebab. no it's outlawed. <laughs> the local councils will get it. And yeah. that's really going to throw those Parramatta kiddies. <laughs> yeah. But here's the audio of when the specific moment when they're actually nabbed and put onto the bus. Goodness gracious, that's a bit sorted, isn't it, Chris? So um, let's just face it, it is a war for talent and in the modern rugby league we'll do anything, won't we? Great. And apparently it's a place where friendships are made. Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is a quote. Uh, and uh, it's the best of both worlds, I say. The West meets the East. What a better education could you ask for? And Rick, once, you, once you're on the bus, uh, in the old days, you'd get uh, on rotation on the video screens, the world mm. according to Dez. You know, well, you know, you've got to get out there and tackle. Blah, blah, and we blah. haven't heard any response from Parramatta yet. No, no. Well, they're, they're powerless because look, at they can't sign Mitchell Moses. No, they can't. But now with Seabold in charge on the video screens, they're endlessly forced to watch TED Talks. It's just an absolute <laughs> <Wow>. nightmare. <laughs> right. Fire up. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, Rick Grossman still here with us? I am. I'm fascinated. Thank you, Rick.
World of Pain, Hoodoo Guru's brand new album. What's the album called, Rick? Chariot of the Gods. Chari- you know, I was just thinking, um, we, we, we have a faith, Facebook page, and um, this is the dilemma of a band that's been around a while. You know, we all love making a new record. Mm. And very proud of this record. I think it's a fantastic Guru's record. And um, so we go out and play, and we're doing these Red Hot Summer shows yeah. with Jimmy Barnes and a whole lot of people, and it was great, you know. Were any, any other bands actually presenting new music? Not really. No, okay. So you're so, out on a limb. So we, we, you know, in our set, we kind of try and put new songs between well-known songs yeah. so we can kind of sneak them. Sneak yeah, yeah. We get, a, we get a message on our Facebook page. No new songs. Right. <laughs> Capital letters. Capital letters, uppercase. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. No, I, I think... That's a dilemma, isn't it? <laughs> By the way, World of Pain is a song that goes out to all... Rabbits, dragons, and tiger supporters. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's a cracking album. I mean, obviously, the first question I watched the Eric von Daniken movie hmm. repeatedly, and I accepted the pyramids, the landing strips in Peru, and the Easter Island statues were all from aliens. Right. What was the connection with that pop culture phenomenon in the seventies and the name of this album, if there was any? It wasn't really. Um, it's it's just a, a nod to stuff that we we love, but also um, the, the title track of the song. You'd have to ask Dave a bit more about it. He'd probably disagree with everything I said, but but he um, likes to do that. He does, yeah. and uh, but I think it's almost my favourite Dave Faulkner song. Uh, well, it's a full-on Illuminati thing, right? It's an alien invasion. We're going to get blown away. No wonder he's not focusing on rugby league right now. <laughs> no, it, it is. It's, it's about an alien invasion, but it, it, is, it actually stems from um, a painting on the top end, of, uh, which is, I think, 400 years old. Of, um, uh, it's an indigenous, indigenous painting right? with, a, with yes. a sailing ship. In wow, the wow. Chris, while we're on... Sorry, not Chris. Rick, while we're on the Illuminati, secret societies, handshakes, all that stuff, the Book of Feuds, famous Book of Feuds, which I, from my understanding only seems to reside on the south side of things. It's not actually owned by the Roosters. It's, it's, it, it's copyright exists with South Sydney. They're the ones that have really instigated this Book of Feuds and Russell keeps adding to it. Have you, tell me, the ritual, have you actually been to the space, the temple, the church, the, the hallowed ground where the Book of Foods resides and have you actually seen the Book of Foods and did you have to put gloves on to look at it? <laughs> well, I, I tried to see it once. Um, I was allowed into Redfern Oval, into this, there's a locked room at Redfern Oval. It looks I, nondescript, right? Uh, that's right. And, uh, yeah, that's right. And um, Michael Maguire, he stopped me. Oh. He said, you can come so far, but... Because my understanding over time that the security protocols change and it's now like the nukes is that you've got to have putting the keys into the locks and... Who, who, who puts the keys in? James Packer. Yes. Mike Cannonbrooks. Yes. Russell Crowe. Russell Crow. And they all have to turn simultaneously yes. in order to be able to unlock the chamber to get access to the book. Some sort of weird vapour comes out of the... Red mist. Red mist. <laughs> red the mist. red mist exists there. That's where they store it. I mean... How keenly do you feel the difference, particularly between the two storied rivals? I mean, I can imagine you've had occasion to be in the rabbits' rooms afterwards. You know, as we said, man of the people, working class. Yeah, not really. Like the Roosters had Harry Connick Jr. the other night. I mean, that just says everything, doesn't it? Absolutely, 100%. (laughs) Say no more. I grew up in the eastern suburbs being a South supporter. Say no more. I went to private schools. I was the the lonely South supporter. Must have been hell. Can I... I was the... Yeah. Can I butt in here? You went to Scots College, yes, right? Yes, I did. Not very South-like. Um, I know that Toby Rudolph apparently went to Scots as well, but we just found out. Man who's cut his glorious hairlocks for a charity. Uh, and um, there's Angus Crichton, Angus of course. Angus mm-hmm. Who's in, in, a, in a recovery role mo- mode at the moment, I suppose. So what is it about Scots that produces these um, individuals? I can't really answer that. I went to Sydney High for the last three years. Yeah. Of my, but the formative uh, my... years, up to what, 15, 16? Uh, at Sydney Scots? High? Oh, Scots, yeah, up to 15. Yeah, yeah. But the last three years I was at Sydney High, yeah. we won the competition. And there were a number of players in that team who played for the Kangaroos. Yeah, right. Wow. Went on to play for the Kangaroos. Okay. And to, for the Roosters. Hmm. Um, not at a great level, but, yeah. but they did. Yeah. yeah. But um, nowadays, Sydney High, I don't think, even has a football team. 
No, no they've, I they've don't had think, to think you're right there. <laughs> put it into two divisions. <laughs> now, now, apparently, Robbo uh, actually was allowed to pull out the book of views because normally Russell writes, he's got the only pen available, but he loaned it to Robbo recently uh, to write his section, his chapter, and he wants to blame the media. Robbo's too nice, mate, for the book of feuds. He's such a nice bloke. Yes. Well, well I think you're right. Yeah, you know? You're right there. He's, he's such a, a nice, holistic sort of guy, you know. Bloke. Well, he doesn't want anything negative. No, you need a Ricky no. Stewart or someone. Yeah, no, he's not. He's, he's not the angry ad. No, he's a, he's a feel-good sort of guy, isn't he? Why don't we have a listen to what Robbo had to say about yeah. us yes. after the game last oh. Friday night? Because we gave him a fairly good shellacking, didn't we, about the ADB Sinatra story. True it was. And as you can hear here, he was slightly irritated. Right. No, no, let's stay in the game. You know, we've had enough of all the, you know, you guys will want to open that up and make a big thing of that. You know, it's been so negative this week from from you guys, you know, from our side. It's been so positive from the other side. Everyone thought they were going to win tonight. It's been so negative from guys having to go at Rads and Jazz and, you know, having to go at Sawali and Teddy and all that. It's been negative all week. And then we come out and play a game. So let's focus on the footy. You know, don't blow something small up to be from both sides. You know, there was a push and a shove and something that shouldn't happen and someone reacted poorly. So what? You know, stay on task, you know. Talk about the game. Right, OK. You guys. He referred to you guys, the media. Now, he courts the media. He loves the media. He milks the media. I mean, we gave him a fair, I think, a fair honest assessment of where they're at at the moment, you know, obviously with the, the stadium and who, who owns the stadium, who uses the stadium. And I, we all know that there must be manoeuvrings behind the scenes with those billionaires and that world-famous uh, Academy Award-winning actor to get their hands on Allianz, or you call it, Trillion. Trillion Stadium, uh, to have a share capacity. How that works, I don't know. You know, how you sort of separate the dressing rooms, the anger, who gets the red mist, I don't know. Any ideas, Chris? Well, you know, I've been very passionate about this, Stephen, and uh, I'm in favour of a midnight raid to tear down the sign on the Moore Park Road sign that says uh, home of the Sydney Roosters. That could be very popular, Chris. And I've got backing from rugby union and soccer. And, <laughs> and, I, you, and yes. I believe yeah. South Sydney. So there was... Rick, there was an Instagram post of some of the Roosters players uh, dominating the uh, South's player on the weekend and the Roosters posted whose house and South Sydney came back with the taxpayers. <laughs> how, how do you feel? Do you want to come home to Trelleons or are you happy still uh, traipsing out to Acor? No, absolutely. I would love it. I would love it. I would go to... I mean, I couldn't go the other night. I would have gone, but I couldn't go. But uh, I would be going to, uh, you know... Pretty much every game. I hate going out there. Yeah. And I, I, when I go swimming at the um, stadium, at the stadium at what do you call it, Trillions? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm quite often in the steam room with Craig Coleman. Uh, now he will come and help you pull that sign. <laughs> He'll tuck it down. Yeah. He thinks it's a disgrace. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I agree. And the mythology yeah, that the Roosters put out that they played there at the sports ground continuously since 1908. Well, not when they built the football stadium. They played out at Henson Park. You know, there's, there's been a break in the continuity yeah. chain. And and it was South's home ground for some sports 20 years, ground. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, the football stadium. The football stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. I thought now the sports ground, where, where, where it is, yes. where it was originally, was that, that was South. Oh, no, Redfern Oval, sorry. That's when they used to play at Redfern. We used to go to the sports ground. Mm. I mean, let's not open Wikipedia right now, but I'm sure you both shared the space. Mm. It's a shared space. Yeah. Both both 1908 starters and away we go. It's a public asset, Stephen. Public asset, yeah. Public asset. And if Clover had a way, there'd be nothing there. Correct? (laughs) Well, if Politis had his way, they wouldn't even allow the FIFA Women's World Cup to play there. Right. It'd just be his fiefdom. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know if you're as outraged as we are. I mean... Sure, the Tigers have a centre of excellence and it's sponsored by Zurich, but of course, in the Roosters, it's the Nick Politis centre of excellence. It's mm. just absolutely. It's got a ring to it, hasn't it? Got a ring to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, he had a, he had a crack at everybody, old, old Trent, and you know it, it has upset him. And I, it didn't seem to. Did you you watched the game, but you didn't think much of the South supporters that day? So, sorry, the South Sydney team that day. I did. I, I thought they were the frustrating thing about for me as a as a you know a punter is that uh, they have this ability and they seem to shoot themselves in the foot constantly. And, you know, he's just starting to get excited and the first 20 minutes was great. Dominant. It was great. I thought, here we go, and I've sent out all my text messages to the... (laughs) 
<laughs> Roosters supporters going, yeah, cop that. Prematurely. Yes, <laughs> I did. Now, it's just, I come, did. just come in the Prime Minister. My phone and, off. Anthony Albanese backs a move for South to go back into the ground. He's also in favour of the Pacifica Bears um, to form a bulwark against China and Port Moresby. And both, both, are, both are good. They are both good. Both causes. good ideas. This, <laughs> this thing about the media, of course, I mean, it'd be remiss of me not to mention the paranoia that seeped into the Tigers. I mean, I never really realised that you know rugby league officialdom and coaches are really like Donald Trump, but they really are. I mean, there was the issue about John Bateman and whether he had a bad ankle or he was acclimatising. Yes, yes. And but this is a pale man. Yeah. Did you see his legs on Belmore? Oh, yeah. Incredible. <laughs> they, they were talking about the heat. I mean, the heat was reflecting off them. Yes. By the way, do you know they had the decision to have the drinks breaks in the 20-minute half time? Do you know how the NRL makes that decision? I do not. They've bought a new piece of kit. It's called the Kestrel 5400 Heat Stress Tracker. Wow. And it measures a number of things, including yeah. wind speed, yeah, yeah. air temperature, and globe temperature, whatever <laughs> whatever that is. Wow. But anyway, there was conjecture about Bateman's ankle, and uh, Lee Hedger Patelis at the Centurion's room at Leichhardt before the Knights <laughs> game said, it did, not like t- <laughs> it did not take long for the club to become the target of slurs <laughs> by a section of the media more intent on generating clickbait. Well, hello, that's the job, isn't it? <laughs> if any section of the media has evidence to establish that what I've said publicly is false or misleading, then I would invite speak, them speak now. to provide the same to me. Right. I would also caution anyone to suggest publicly that I have lied or misled mm-hmm. our supporters some may construe such remarks as defamatory. You, I think there should be more defamation law in rugby league, yeah. and I think that Lee is actually a visionary here. They're certainly under stress, Chris. We are under enormous stress, yep. Stephen. And uh, again, I just echo Andrew Webster's plea, give us some time. Okay, I want to come back here on Fire Up and talk about identity and culture in rugby league and how it's uh, manifesting at this particular point in time. Great. I was just watching Adam Dewey after he kicked the goal, leave the field and come back into the field to play. Yes, Apparently a little bit of a uh, quirk. quirk that he's got. There he was, trying to walk onto the field. Tell me what was that? jump over the touchline and then come back into the field every time. As I watched him, the person next to me asked me, what was Adam doing, doing with his feet? He kicked his goal and then stepped up and on the field. Tell me, what was Adam doing, doing with his feet? He stepped off, he stepped off, he stepped on, he stepped off, he stepped off, he stepped on. What the hell is going on? I say, Dewey, come off the field. Oh, I think I've got distracted. He just loves to cross that white line He steps across the touchline and goes back in Yes he does but crossing lines is all that Alex has been dreaming of Now do he does it every single time he plays singing Watch what Adam do he's doing with his feet He's weird and superstitious and that's how he's gonna stay singing Watch what Adam do he's doing with his feet He steps on He steps on he steps So if the Tigers are listening to me, wake them into the halves, do it a fullback, stains back on the wing, no Faluma off. But anyway. Um, Shouldn't have got rid of Jackson Hayes. Well, <laughs> the answer to that, and we seldom talk football here, Rick. We seldom talk football, but too much freight with Luke Brooks. There was no way Newcastle were prepared to pay enough money. And that was just... The, and Rick, can yeah. I mention Adam Reynolds? Please. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I mean, really, he's just lifted Brisbane completely, hasn't he? So, certainly has. Reinvigorated yeah. them. Stick with it, Elias. He'll be right. Can I just ask Rick one more question from Chariot of the Gods, Stephen? The last track is Got to Get You Out of My Life. Is that in the tradition of great answer records? Like that was the Beatles record, Got to Get You Into My Life. Is that where has that come from? It's a, yeah, it's a, it's just a, a tip of a hat to, to that, I suppose. It's, you know, it's just funny, but it's, um, it's actually a, um, a real ode to the Velvet Underground, Lou Reed. Right. So if you listen to the song, it's very, very... uh... Marsha Hines on the backing vocals. 
I believe. That's right. Wow. I have to do that vocal. Live. Yeah, right. Wow. wow. And, and, and no one can tell the I'm difference. Swimming. Don't let the old lady in. That's right. right. And, and if we're going music nerd she for a moment. fantastic. Yeah, she was great. Did you hear that album that came out towards in the last year, which was Words and Music from Lou Reed, which were early versions of the songs that ended up as Velvet songs? And he used to put the copyright in letters and send them to himself to prove his copyright. Yeah, and they've yeah. got hold of a box of tapes. It's fascinating. I mean, we all know that, that Lou went through some hard times as, as a young man uh, and had, uh, was it, uh, wasn't electric shock therapy, I think? Yeah, yeah, he had a bit of that. Uh, he is like an idiot savant, isn't he? He knows what to do with two or three chords well. But I do disagree when he says, stilly down the beaters were crap. You know? <laughs> now, I, <laughs> Just because you can't do it doesn't mean it's... <laughs> I actually do. I, I Have you met the, Lou? I went, to, I went to the rugby league with him. Is you that did right? Not. Come Goodness on, Rick. Rick Grossman, he does it again. <laughs> well, it wasn't. He, he, the prom, he loves football. Yeah. And, and in I, the tradition of South getting celebrities in, right? Snoop Dogg and Oprah was, and whoever. Right. Did you put a bunny's cap on him? <laughs> oh, it, was actually, it was actually quite funny because he, he was kind of. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of him. Difficult? He was a professional Lou Reed you yes. know, that day. Yes. And, and he came, we were in a box, and, and it was when uh, the band had finished. And uh, Dave, we, we had a band called The Persian Rugs that yep. I, I played him for a little while, but then they started getting too serious, and I, I committed to something else, so I was here. And our manager um, rang me and said, Lou wants to go to see a rugby league game. Wow, that's just, that, so, just, that alone's worth the, worth the price of gold so, here. Uh, so I was... Um, I was with uh, my then wife and my young son, yeah. uh, who was 10 or 11, and he was with his friend, and, and Lou came in with his Tai Chi master. What, yes. Was this 2011? 2010? Uh, maybe before that. Was that okay. the Raven, might have been the Raven tour, maybe I'm 2003, sure 2004. I, yeah. I can't remember. Because the Tai Chi guy used to sometimes be on stage. Yes. Yes, yeah. I saw that tour, yeah. And so he came in and... Um, and my ex-wife, uh, she's she's so unimpressed with celebrity. She does, and she and she she'd look at him and say, "I'll oh, walk on the wild side." Oh, you saying walk on the wild side? You know, but and, and she's great. She's great like that. He'd love know? that, wouldn't he? So, so he came in, and I try. I, I said, "Look, I, you know, I've got to say." He knew I played in the Hoota Gurus, and I said, "Oh, you know, I'm a big fan." And he's like, "Yeah, right, okay." And he went and sat down, and um, so my wife was sitting next to him, and uh, she said, "So, Lou, do you um?" know anything about this football and he turned his back on her and said no oh my so God. she she, <laughs> she looks at me and she goes this guy is Who's a this dickhead? an asshole yeah. right <laughs> and his shoulders went up then she said hey boys and the boys they were like you know fighting and come and come and wrestle here yeah so they were fighting around blues, blues like oh. she's good form uh, and who was playing can you remember like it was the sevens it was the sevens and, and, Laurie, and Laurie wasn't there with him Mm? Laurie Anderson wasn't with you? No, no. Oh, my God. I did nearly two weeks with Lou and Laurie at Vivid at did the Opera House. I was there every did day. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. And I was like the in-house DJ, you know. Yeah. And Laurie would come up from day one and, how you going? Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you want to do? You know, chat. She did all the speeches, all the hellos, the, you know, beautiful. Lou did nothing, right? He'd sit at the back of the room and fall asleep. That's all he'd do, right? <laughs> Didn't even say a speech what, word. What, and what, then, what was the dog thing? They did a thing with the dogs, right? Yeah, that, was that the yoga at the front? Oh, yoga with the dogs. I yeah, think yeah. it was. I'm trying to remember now. Anyway, um, the organiser came up to me and said, uh, you got that photo you, you took at the Horton Pavilion back in 76 or whatever? And I said, yeah, I'll send my bag. I left it in the bag because I mentioned I had one. He said, bring it in. He took it over to Lou. Lou looked at it, slowly looked at me, gave it back. <laughs> the guy comes over and says, Lou doesn't want to sign it. I said, I didn't ask him to sign <laughs> it, you know. <laughs> and he said, he doesn't like the song you're playing. I said, well, he's the curator. He, he can come and tell me that, can't he? I said, so typical. <laughs> and to complete Lou, who would have thought that Lou would eventually work with James Hetfield as they did on that album? Well, I've, I've heard about that. Yeah, I've got it. But you no, don't. I heard James told me about that experience and it was uh, interesting. You don't know why he wanted to go to rugby because somebody had said it's a great sport? Well, he's a he's a American football American. fan. Is he? Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, I love, uh, you know, Nick Lorne, the producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nick, Nick told me that uh, he had to uh, work with Lou. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, and he, he was mixing a live track and uh, Lou wasn't going to be there, but Lou turned up and sat down next to him and, and said, uh, so everyone has ideas, you'll have your ideas, I'll have my ideas, we'll be going with my ideas. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that shit, he? bloody old cranky man he was. Yeah. Uh, now, culture. If I may, Chris. It's all about culture. Well, studies. Cameron Sorrell does. Do you know Penrith has a culture conference now? 
they have a conference. So the juniors have to go to the Penrith Rugby League endorsed culture conference. They're stepping into his ground, Rick's ground yeah, here, no, you know. In, in order to be able to participate <laughs> in the Penrith Junior Rugby League. Right, right. And right. let's face it, they well, get indoctrinated with the true culture of Penrith, which is unmitigated evil. Well, uh, That's why is that successful. one of the KPIs? Is it? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, if you look at the, the pre- presenters, it's, you know, Ivan Mistopheles and <laughs> <laughs> He's got to think about the clears <laughs> being a Tigers. Yeah. Now, it used to be Ugg boots and sort of white bread culture. It's not that anymore, is it? No, no. Nouveau Rich and obviously Pacifica. Hundred percent resettled. Yeah, the the Penrith culture is. I say I'm FTH from the hood, which is Mount Druitt, but I own property in Wallara. Right. (laughs) So are they now going the regattas? Are they (laughs) on Hawkesbury River? They're all aspiring to be Scots boys. Rugby union. You know, Cameron Serraldo, of course, who was of Italian heritage and was chased by a number of teams, uh, including yours, West Tigers, vigorously chased, vigorously chased, and I believe your your mob, who are Italian or Greek. Uh, Lee is part of the Kithra conspiracy. Kithra, oh, so yeah, it's yeah. confused. So, I'm confused already, Chris. So, so Lee, when they had the um, what became well publicised meeting with Cameron Sorrell, it went for eight hours. I mean, the idea of being in a meeting <laughs> at a half-completed centre of excellence with Lee Hadjipatelis and Justin Pascoe, who have been on this show, right, right. I wouldn't think that would get you over the line. But um, uh, it was a well publicised meeting, and in order to express their thanks uh, and respect for Cameron for devoting that time. Lee organised some cannoli from a Burwood bake shop, was it? Yeah, I think and they, they opened it up on a, on a closed day to get in there to do it. That's pretty impressive. Flowers were sent, I think, to... And, and this was an error because Lee is a busy man running Bryden's Lawyers, so he got his personal assistant to send the flowers. Unfortunately, she sent a wreath. <laughs> and, 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 I, and I think that probably yeah, more than the fact that the, the, nail in the, the meeting was in immediately the in the media yeah. straight away and leaked. And then, and then Gus did a midnight. Oh, clandestine. Yeah, clandestine review of the Parramatta. Is it a centre of excellence? Oh, no, of Canterbury. Yeah, so, so no, Canterbury. No, the, the Belmore facilities. Yes, and, yes. And people said That's that... That's a bit shabby, isn't it? Well, this is the thing. They said, well, you know, they wanted to do it under the cover of darkness because... Unlike the Tigers who leaked like a sieve, they wanted to respect Cameron and his decision and give him room and keep it secret. But basically, if you've ever been to Belmore, you wouldn't want to see it in the harsh daylight. You don't want to create a bad impression. In the the daytime, you don't want to see them, do you? (laughs) No, no. Now, what has Cameron done? Last week, because it was multicultural round, he decides he's going to walk the team from some important points in, in Belmore to Belmore Oval. Well, can, first of all, can I say, was it multicultural around, right? Well, it sort of snuck around the, the media a bit, didn't it? Well, they were going to do a launch at Belmore about the Tigers' okay. uh, dogs game, but the, because of the CBA thing, yeah. none of the players turned up. Yeah. So they had 300 enthusiastic local kiddies, yeah. and all they got to see was Andrew Abdo. Right. All right and they really didn't play. And then, as far as I can see, there were no jerseys. Yeah. I saw two Chinese dragons on the field at Belmore, and when the Canterbury players walked out, the first half dozen walked out draped in their country flag of origin, like Kikau and mm. Fiji, whatever. Mm. Um, Karaz, Lebanon, I think. But by the time they got to the reserves, they'd run out of flags. Right. It really was done on the cheap multicultural room. Yeah, this, this theme round thing has got to be looked at more closely. But anyway, apparently he got some Lebanese drummers and some Chinese dragon uh, performers to do this walk of culture or walk of identity. I'm asking you uh, and myself this question, that given we're merged teams, where would our walk be? What would it encompass? What would it do? And I'm thinking maybe if you walk from Cogra to the Gong, that'd be show a bit of effort, a bit of commitment. But what would you do? Well, for us, you've got to sort of start in Leichhardt. Yeah. Walk to Campbelltown. Do, do, do diversions via Pratt and Park <laughs> yeah. in Lincoln. And you know you walk through different, yeah. different cultures, Chris. And Concord for the Zurich Centre of Excellence. I'm already tired. gone through Sri Lankan, you know, probably Italian, probably Greek, probably... <laughs> Before you say Campbelltown and the Greater MacArthur region. Yeah. I mean, I'm not that committed. I mean, the same for you guys, St. George Illawarra. Is it possible to walk from St. George Illawarra without going when, through when the they Shire? Anne- when they annexed that to, to Nobilis <laughs> back in 67, of course, Cronulla took out that so route. Good. So we've got to go the long way down the highway. Yeah. It's like walking around the Maginot Line <laughs> or something in World War One. And, of course, South, of course, would go from, I'd say, Redford Oval down to Cauliflower Hotel, up to the block, and then... Where would you go? And would you, in a peak of protest, end up at Trelliance to say this is where we ultimately want to be? I think so. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I actually did the culture drive for Canterbury on the weekend because... my good mate and West Tiber's director, Denny Burgess, you probably know Denny, would you, the Burgess boys? He's doing a thing called the Dead Singer Band right now. The Dead Singer Band. Paying tribute to all those great Australian <laughs> songsmiths who are no longer with us. Yeah. First of all, the really disturbing thing was how oh. many of them died in their 60s. That's really got me uh, a little <laughs> bit off. But it's certainly someone you don't want to feature. But um, that was at Canterbury Leagues in the Paragon Room. And when you get onto old Canterbury Road or from New Canterbury, it, it is a just like you're going through this concrete tunnel. And it drops you out 
at Canterbury Leagues with a fake volcano. It's a terrific cultural experience. <laughs> and this is what Seraldo, having worked out that they chopped down all the trees in the Belmore region, yes. this is what he's taken the lads on, I think, right. is a walk down that concrete corridor. And we did mention John Sattler earlier. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, one of your greats. You you went to dinner with John Sattler? We did. Yeah. Uh, we, yes. the band Hoodoo Gurus? Yes. Yes. Yes, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a very, very special night. He... Um, he quickly warmed to us. I think he was kind of doing a duty to sort of um, take us out because we had played at his pub uh, in as Queensland. a favour. Yeah. yeah, and um, he quickly warmed to us because we were three of us at that time were, were fanatics, uh, football fanatics, and right. I, I told him I had photos of him all over my wall when I was at school, and he nearly fell over. <laughs> the hard man and, softened. Uh, he was he was magnificent. Told us stories all night. Yeah. Thanks now, the, you know, the famous story, of course, and we'll play the song from Perry Keys in just a moment about the 1970 grand final. He broke his jaw, played the game. Mm. That's how tough he was. And then Bob McCart said, no, he was tougher than that. On the car plant he worked, apparently one of the machines crushed his arm, broke his arm, plastered it up, goes to the ground, gets the scissors, takes the plaster <laughs> off, plays the game, goes back to the hospital, gets the plaster back on again. <laughs> and sent off eight times in a time when thuggery was everything. He didn't get sent off easily. He, he, no. The man was sent off 15 times. 15, so, was it? You know, I mean, John Bucknell famously th- – and it's – of course, that image was played endlessly last night on the rugby league shows, and it's quite terrifying. I mean, Buckle just slews off from the ruck and just just yes. annihilates him. But he was sent off fifteen times himself. Yes. But my my response to you know the fact that you're playing with a broken arm in those circumstances is why isn't it allowed anymore? They're saying this will never happen again, and I go, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. Danny Levi or Levi with his tooth out, his broken jaw. Did they find it? Did he play again? Is the question. <laughs> no, no. Tommy Starling did seventy-seven yes. minutes of yeoman See, service. See, they don't do it again. They're not allowed to do it again. <laughs> yeah. I just a friend of mine. Uh, I have this this old friend who's a colourful character. He's a, he's done quite a bit of. Uh, uh, time in the South Sydney uh, Long Bay Prison. He's done a bit of that colourful. Uh, yeah, that, that sort of colour. <laughs> what in but, the administration uh, section or? <laughs> definitely not. Uh, uh, but he um, he he said that uh, his his career. He had a rugby league career. He played three first grade games. Uh, he played for uh, the Tigers. Uh, I'm pretty sure, or North, I, I can't remember, but he was a front rower. And he said, I had the big ego, had all the raps, you know, going, this guy's going to be the next big thing. And he had a game against South, and it was one of John Sattler's last games. Wow. Packs down in a scrum. Now, this guy, he's a hard guy, <laughs> this guy. He packs down in a scrum, and he goes, you know, I'm the new breed, is the old bloke. Oh, and he grabs John Sattler by the face and oh. massages his face, and the <laughs> scrum breaks up, and John Sattler leaned over and slapped him. He said, yeah, there you go. That's Next it. Next scrum. Yeah. They come, he does it again. He said, it's the hardest he's ever been hit. He was thrown back out of the scrum. And he said, as I was blacking out, <laughs> I was grabbed by the jumper, pulled up, and I just saw John Sattler's face, and he said, just play the game. <laughs> and, and, Fantastic. And, and that great South team, that, those five grand finals, of which they won four, yeah. Sattler captain, was how old were you then? Was that the team that got you into rugby league? Uh, just before that, or Kevin Longbottom, Kevin, uh, I used to like that name. Uh, as Ivan Jones, the, <laughs> Eric, those Sims. Eric Sims, oh, yeah. Loved oh, Eric Ke- Sims. Ke- uh, um, yeah, uh, 1968, uh, 67 when Watch, they won. They all like they all like to talk post 66, don't they? Yeah, well, before well, St George and I for 11 years, right, don't they? Yeah. Wasn't really a competition <laughs> then, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I, I went to a few of those games. Yeah, right. I went. To, I remember going to the um, the f- uh, major semi, the year that South lost to Balmain, nine sixty nine, and they they beat Balmain in the major semi. Mike Cleary ran the whole field. What a beautiful mm. year that was, Sydney Cricket Ground. See, and, and, and the what, barbaric ballet, Chris. And the one it was sixty five. Was the grand final year at where they had. You were on the toilet block. Well. That's yeah. run. That was the crowd of you know, a hundred thousand something. There weren't there. That's around not road. official, but yeah, yeah. You guys are so much older than me. I can't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> Sunrise on the station breaks the morning spell. Red and green streamers fly. Inside the Railway View Hotel Cleveland Street shuffles shining Into the mighty roar We were walking through the twilight The day John Sadler broke his jaw 
Now, can I have one more story that you told us before? You were playing in Toowoomba. Uh, was that Divinals or Hooters? No, it was the Hooters. Hooters. And you were offered somehow to get to a game? Well, we, we challenged our tour manager. Your tour manager? Our tour we manager. With who we had. Yeah, he was very pompous and he was like, hey, you guys are, yeah, you know, easy, I'll do you easy. guys in my spare time. <laughs> you guys are so easy to look after. And so we said, well, we'll set you a task. And we want to go to the test that's at Lang Park and we're playing at Toowoomba. How are you going to make that happen in the same night? And he did it. And he did it through John Sattler. And John Sattler had gone to um, Forex. He had a real, and the and Forex actually uh, organised a chopper for us. A chopper. A, cho- a helicopter. A helicopter. Chopper. To get you from chopper. Toowoomba? To Brisbane to Toowoomba and back. And a limo? And a limo, because limos, well, the only reason, it's probably the only time the Hootagoos have been in a limo, but uh, the, the only reason we had a limo is that they were the only vehicles allowed into Langford. So Park. you're driv- driven under an inn? Yes. And then straight up to the booth where you've yes. got a special spot? Yes, we had seats. See, Sattler's got juice, hasn't he? And the day before, we had to go in, we had to, we went into the uh, Forex Brewery, yes. had photos, and gave, they gave us ju- jumpers. and Rock and roll and footy. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I'd like to think right now, John Sattler and Prince are talking about exactly Yes, this. exactly. That <laughs> night that it all came together through the Huda Gurus. Fantastic. Rick Grossman, thank you very much for coming in. We much appreciate thank you, Rick. it. I know there's a million stories, but that's for your book, I think, to come out one day. This is Fire Up. See you next week. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snorting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!